As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's transfer deadline day, and while deals are being completed all around Europe, one thing is abundantly clear. The Premier League is outspending everyone else and by a significant amount. Why is that? Could it be the league's tendency to reward losers? For more on that, we turn to our friends in the UK at the Athletic Football Podcast. Host Mark Chapman alongside reporters Matt Slater and Phil Buckingham. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Thursday, September 1st. West Ham have just signed a player who PSG really wanted to sign. This is the world we live in. Manchester United have just signed Anthony. Every club's got a star now. Newcastle have confirmed the signing of Alexander Isak. We like some jeopardy, but we also quite like Liverpool smashing Bournemouth 9-0, I'm afraid to say. Wolves have agreed a club record deal with Sporting Lisbon for their midfielder Mateus Nunes. The chance to play every week in the Premier League, that, that's, that's the draw for players now ultimately and obviously the riches that come with it. So let's begin with a few facts. Eight of Europe's ten biggest spending clubs this window have been English. Five of those are not even in the Champions League this season. Forest, Manchester United, West Ham, Arsenal and Newcastle. And more than half of the biggest transfers this window have been to Premier League clubs. On average, each Premier League club has spent £85 million this window. And by comparison, the 13 Champions League clubs from Spain, Germany, Italy have spent on average £60 million. Those numbers all sound correct to you, Matt. I'm always wary about me doing the numbers and not you because you you know your figures. Spot on, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, Excellent. yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, <laughs> thanks. That's the end of the podcast. Lovely yeah, to exactly. have you back. Nice, easy one. <laughs> um, how? How is the Premier League outspending the rest of Europe? And I mean the re- every mm. single European country so significantly. Well, it's another easy one. They have more money, and, and we're going to get into it really, really quickly. This is nearly all to do with TV. TV money. What we're seeing this year, I think, is perhaps a more extreme example of, of what we've been witnessing for a while. This is, this is a trend. The Premier League has been moving away 
from the others, well, gradually at times, but quite markedly in the last few years. There are a few reasons for that. I mean, lots of reasons. I, I, I write about them all the time. You know, the Premier League is a very well marketed product. The English language helps. Time zone, and it just then just sort of kind of like how we reward winners. There's lots of good players. They bring more players. We've got good managers, recognisable brands, 30-year success, you know, 30-year success story. It's just a kind of confluence of good stuff. I think COVID has played a part. It, it hit the European football market very, very hard. The Premier League weathered it well. It got back playing with Project Restart. It was a big success. I think that's perhaps a, an understated, under an underreported story, really. The TV rebate was minimal. At the same time, for example, France, the TV deal was going to pieces. Places like Syria, Bundesliga have struggled to sell rights abroad at times. The Premier League, on the other hand, the international sales are fantastic. I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. Even the NFL cannot sell TV rights abroad in the way the Premier League can. They're about to start a commercial right cycle. I think they're going to be really good as well. So that's the sort of sponsorship deals, the big sponsorship deals for the Premier League. It, it's it's just a lot of good things adding up to a really, really big success story that just gives them a massive advantage in the transfer market. Two, two things that you said there. The first one I'll deal with you, Matt, before we bring Philip in, which is overseas TV deals. I, they, they seem to be the ones that take the Premier League into, into a different stratosphere. Yeah, the, and, and you know, let's let's think about the, the significance of that. So, England is a is a large large country. It's a large market, but it's not as large as Germany. Pretty much the same size as France and Italy. Slightly larger than Spain. English fans love football, but so do people in those other countries. There's a sort of slight, I think, history of English fans being willing to pay to watch. Again, kudos to Sky for, for sort of 30 years of, of convincing us to do that. But but likewise, people in Germany and, and Spain and Italy will, will pay to watch as well. So there's not huge amounts of difference there. What, what English football has had for a long time is this global appeal, be it, be it, be it you know, a lot of it off the back of the, the really big clubs. This is where we go round in circles again about who, who we should be praising and who should get the lion's share here. There's really big brands, Manchester United, Liverpool, who've been big for years and years and years. And the English football, even prior to the Premier League, was being watched abroad for, for, for peanuts. They didn't really realise the value of it, but it was, you know, the seeds were there. The last 10, 15 years, it's the explosion of interest in North America, I think, has really, really helped. And that's where the big growth in this, in this current international rights cycle has come from. Traditional strengths in Asia, Scandinavia, Africa, everywhere, really, everywhere. And, you know, again, I come back to... The, the difficulties that, not so much La Liga, La Liga did pretty well for a decade and was for, for a time, okay, it was closing the gap. It, it, the gap has grown again. But Bundesliga, Serie A, Liga, and they're just not, they're not sexy. They are not getting anything like the interest from overseas broadcasters. So, so their rights deals, there's no, there's no energy in the auction. There's no buzz. You know, there's no NBC going up against CBS to offending exhibition or Disney or New Entrance or DAZN or whoever, Amazon, whoever it might be. They're, they're tepid. Their auctions are tepid. Premier League's brilliant at creating, stoking competitive interest in, in auctions. Matt mentioned, Phil, in his first answer about rewarding winners. And I wonder how much the Premier League gains an advantage for rewarding losers. And that may sound harsh, but 
UEFA's financial report for 2020-2021, uh, and you've written an article on this, revealed that winners Chelsea earned just over £100 million, pounds, €119 million. Euros. Sheffield United, by comparison, received £97.5 million pounds when they finished bottom of the Premier League in 2020-2021. Yeah, so for, for the Champions League to mean anything to you financially in, in, in significant terms, you're going to have to go deep, whether it's the semi-finals, the final. That's when you can start earning 80, 90, 100 million from the Champions League. If you get knocked out in the group stages, you might be looking at 30, 40 million. Now you can't structure a summer window on the back of that that uncertainty. You can't you can't forecast how much money is going to come into your club and, and with any great certainty. Some of the big clubs might be able to, a Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, knowing that they're going to go deep or quarterfinals, semifinals. But if you're if you're a middling in when I talk about the elite, if you're someone like a an Atletico Madrid or no disrespect to them or some of the Italian clubs, they can't budget for, for any significant money from the Champions League. Whereas everyone in the Premier League knows exactly what they're going to get. Absolute base number. And it's a huge, huge number. And that's what gives clubs such an advantage when it comes to a summer window that they know exactly how much money is going to come into their club. That's not to say that these different countries aren't bringing money through their own domestic deals. Of course they are, but not on this level. So every club in the in the Premier League, when they, before the season starts, will know, especially with the new international deal as well, they're looking at 100 million plus. The higher up the league you finish, as Matt talked about the, the international deals, that the way they're restructured moving forward now, merit payments are going to be worth even more. So if you're a, an ambitious club, Below the big six, if you're thinking, well, I, if I can finish eighth, ninth, tenth, you might be looking at 130, 140 million through broadcast money alone, and and and, and that's what's sort of fueling these fires for for Premier League clubs to to go out and spend with with the certainty that they are doing. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What it does at the moment, and this is where we have to see both sides of the coin, I suppose, is from a, from a Premier League point of view at the moment, and we're very early in the season, and this may look silly in two months' time when Manchester City are 15 points clear and that's the end of that. But it feels like it's enhanced the competition in the Premier League. I mean, we're recording this the morning after Southampton have just beaten Chelsea. It feels like the so-called bigger Champions League clubs are being pushed by the, the clubs further down this year, more than more than any time before. So at the moment, it feels like the Premier League is benefiting and that the competition has enhanced. Would you agree? Well, if, if you look at the, the, the spending this summer, 
There's the usual suspects there leading the way, Manchester United and Chelsea, all to be expected. One one with a new owner, one in need of a huge rebuild. When you when you look down the list, you've you've got you've got West Ham up there, you've got Nottingham Forest up there, Newcastle up there, Wolves up there, Leeds up there, all these clubs willing to spend a hundred million now. I know Leeds can balance that off with the, with the sales this summer, but someone took umbrage with me calling middling clubs in, in the article. But, you know, the upwardly mobile ones or, or the, the clubs that would like to see themselves upwardly mobile, they're willing to spend they're, they're, and, and they're willing to catch up these clubs if they can. Easier said than done because the, the, the big six have got these enormous commercial deals that the, the rest of the division haven't got. But the theory is that if, if everyone's got the ability to spend, then it, it should make for for a more level playing field. I, I'd use the term level playing field loosely because, as I say, the, the clubs at the top end have got such an, an enormous advantage through commercial and shirt sales, everything like that that goes with it. And, and you know that's that's why Manchester United can afford to spend year in year out. For a club like Nottingham Forest, this is a almost like a calculated gamble to to, to try and make sure you stay there. But um, the theory is it makes for an outstanding product because every every club in the country, or sorry, every club in the Premier League can afford to go out and, and poach a, an excellent player from France, Portugal. You know, we've seen it throughout the summer. Every club's got a star now. But Mark, this goes back to your point about rewarding losers. And I think this was a strategic choice made by the Premier League. And again, it's it's one of those, ones you, you do have to give them some credit, right? It was a good call. So this is to do with the ratio of distributing money. and. While it's not a level playing field, it's not the NFL where revenues are shared evenly, it's as close as it gets amongst the big five. Now, it used to be 1 to 1 to 1.6, which meant the team that came top, the team that came first, was getting 1.6 times as much as the team that came 20th. Now, you know, we would say there's a, there's, there's a, there's a meritocracy there. That ratio elsewhere in Europe, far, far wider. Right. At one point in La Liga, it was something like 1 to 4.25, 4.5, I think. And that's because Barcelona and Real effectively had their own TV deals. And there was no collective bargaining. Now, that changed, and their ratio has come down. And it's 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 come down everywhere. But nowhere has come, I think, below 1 to 2. I think, I don't, I think the Premier League is, since the international rights were tweaked, I think it's gone to about 1 to 1.8. But that's still the narrowest, right? Now, that does enable your teams towards the bottom, particularly when they come in and they are given these massive parachute payments as well, which massively skews competition in the championship and causes havoc elsewhere, but incentivizes spending, encourages spending, Nottingham Forest being a really good example of that. And it does enable talent to be distributed more widely in our division, which is, again, then part of that idea when they go abroad to market and say, do you know what? We haven't got a Bayern Munich that wins it every ten years, every every year for ten years, and we haven't got the we've got a big six, which is twice as many as any other league can, can boast. And these guys can lose; they they can and do lose. Now, a lot of that is kind of marketing, and actually, if you look at the data, those guys come come towards the top; they have massive advantages. But it enables the Premier League to tell that story. Any given Sunday, that NFL idea—it's not written in stone. Things can change. We have a fluid competition. Watch. Thanks so much again to the Athletic Football Podcast for that. That clip is just part of their episode from today. They do four episodes a week, all Premier League season on. You can find it wherever you're listening to this show. 
As they mentioned there, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, it is transfer deadline day today. Keep up to date with all the latest deals at theathletic.com. We have a live blog. We have newsers on a lot of the bigger deals and analysis. It's all there. Check it out. I'm a little biased here, but I think it's uh, pretty great coverage. One big game to keep an eye on today, Manchester United hosting Leicester City. That is at 3 p.m. Eastern on USA Network. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic. Thank you so much for listening. Happy soccer to you all.